Hi. <laughs> Hi. I totally blanked. Hi. Hey, strangers. I was uh, say, how do we start the show? I don't know. I totally forgot. As always, I'm Kurt, and I am joined by my, she's exceptionally pretty today. I don't Aww, know what it is. Co-host, Kurt. Krista. Maybe it's you. It might be. <laughs> it's probably our discussion we were having in here. Yeah, that could be it. We're not going to share that. <laughs> yeah, we won't share that. That's insider stuff. That, that's, that's, that's Patreon. That's, <laughs> that's for our Patreon listeners. Oh, uh, I feel like I'm totally off now. We're because just I did, combobulated I didn't do, in general. I didn't do Hey Strangers. Yeah. Well, no, we got into the studio and like the door... Like our couch was moved and the coffee table was, and I've been discombobulated ever since then. Yeah, somebody like obviously made, was somebody in had here. to come in here and they had our couch completely pushed away from the spare door that gets yeah. in here. And they didn't take any of our stuff. They could have tried our clam decans if they <laughs> wanted to try one of those. <laughs> that would deter them from ever coming in here. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was the maintenance person. I think so too. We're going to have off. to jump right into this because we have a lot of okay. stuff to discuss. So, no dilly dallying. Uh, Whether it's hot. Uh, <laughs> life, it is what it is. That's what we got going on. Yeah. Nothing super exciting. As uh, usual. <laughs> yeah. We usually drag out like 10 minutes just talking about nothing. So, uh, before we do shout outs, I just want to thank everyone for submitting their stories for the last yeah. episode. People loved that episode. People totally. loved the stories. So thank you so much for that. Going through the trouble to send us your stuff. We're still getting stories. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start using those in future episodes and stuff. So we want to give shout outs to our newest strangers, which are Thorsten Marcus Grootsmacher. Wow. I know. Andrew Norman, who left us a really nice post in the group. Uh, David Bond, Jamie's brother. What's up, David? Hey, David. Liz Montoya Aponte and Michelle Brown. Nice. So thank you guys so much for joining the strangers. Welcome to the family. And just a reminder, if you want to join the strangers, answer the questions. Please don't use the most vague answer. Yeah, you don't can use come up vague with. answers. Like use specific answers. I enjoy mysteries. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> no. So <laughs> like, answer the questions. Uh, jumping into housekeeping, we actually have a lot of kind of a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, first, I want to give a shout out to Stranger Tiff, who moved all of our episodes to the archive.org yes, website. So cool. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I actually go there. They're part of the Wayback machine okay you stuff know, that's the like not machine. on the internet anymore well, yeah, it's hard to yeah. find or whatever i actually use it a lot for the trivia contests and stuff when oh, yeah. we're doing that so it's so good to have a backup there in case anything happens so thank you so much for doing that yeah that's very thoughtful except in doing that <laughs> we found out that i screwed up the count and our 50th episode was actually only our 49th i feel like that's classic us that's classic strange <laughs> sessions yes. yeah yeah, uh, so not good with math. Because she said that, and I'm like, no, there's no way. So I'm going through them one by one, and I'm like, oh crap, there is a way. Because we have a promo that we never actually used for anything because people oh. said heard it said we sounded too robotic or ro- whatever. Not rehearsed. It was too rehearsed, mm. and well, people prefer us being us. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's in there, but never used. So I counted that as an episode. So oh. Yeah, I see. Or 49. It's the lost episode. Yeah, that's our lost episode. <laughs> so thank you so much for doing that, Tiff. Tiff is awesome. I talked to her quite a bit about stuff. She's really into some of this stuff that Very we... Cool. Um, I want to thank everybody who's been sending us taste test stuff. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, my friend Melissa, that's a stranger, has sent us a package I still have at home. So I think things stay on track like this. We should be good with taste test. taste test the rest of the season it's a tongue twister it is a tongue twister a taste testing tongue twister so (laughs) it should be good for the rest of the season and i just want to give a thank you to uh australian carly 
who sent me a package for my birthday, including like really awesome Australian cookies and a bigger tub of Vegemite. <laughs> and I have become such a Vegemite addict. Wow. And I did not expect that. Like I realized the other day that when I go to get it out of the cupboard and open it, my mouth literally starts wow. watering. You did fall for the I Vegemite. did fall for it. And you put a lot of butter on toast and just a little bit of Vegemite and it's just salty, yeasty goodness. Well, you had me at butter, but... <laughs> I lost I, you with the salty and yeasty? But, I would try it again, but with less Vegemite. Yeah. I think I put on more it was too much. Vegemite than I should. I think an Australian like would it? shake their head at me that I put on too much. But or I do like they'd it. be like, yeah, he's one of us. Yeah. Yep. Um, what else do we have to talk about? I was going to mention very briefly, nobody's going to notice, but my birthday's coming up and my husband, Jim, and I rented a, cab- a log cabin in the woods. We are checking out for several days. We're going to be up in Door County and I'm not going to be monitoring the facebook or the instagram so oh man, so it's just all on me yeah <laughs> yeah so anything i post i tag you in so you'll just have to pay attention to comments and yeah. things like that yep. um but yeah i'm gonna be that scares me a little off bit the grid a little bit yeah i'm looking forward to it oh i know i'm excited for oh, you guys to have your excited. little getaway yeah Oh, and speaking of getaways, uh, in the last episode, I think it was the last episode, I talked about my little obsession with Route 66, Mm -hmm. and Sophie texted me, and she desperately wants you and Jim, (gasps) her and Adam, and me (laughs) to rent a van, or rent an RV, and to travel Route 66. That would be the most amazing thing ever. From Chicago to Santa Monica Pier. Oh, let's do it. So she really really wants to do do it. Let's do it. Yes. That would be amazing I'm, i think the logistics I'm behind getting that to work oh it'll be it'll we'll make it happen but yeah you and jim her and adam and me we could stop at little paranormal things that's along what the she way said too. that oh is what she said we could do little investigations along the way i'm just so unrationally excited about that <laughs> <laughs> irrationally so, excited i just made up a word that's okay that's okay <laughs> but yeah she she messaged me right away and she's like dude she's that's like i'm so obsessed amazing. with route 66 too we need to do this well we're down yeah totally down uh, and some synchronicities. I know I wanted to mention like a weird synchronicity I had this okay. last week where I actually had two of them. One of them wasn't as as big, but I got fast food from somewhere. I think it was Arby's. <laughs> I've been hooked on roast beef sandwiches lately. I think it was Arby's. But hey, it's better than getting like, I don't know, a Big Mac or something. Yeah. And I pulled into a parking lot, Hobby Lobby parking lot and ate. Oh, and I was Hobby Lobby. As I was eating, I was listening. I had a, what was playing at the Scrubs podcast. Uh, Zach About and the Donald. Show? Yeah, Zach okay. and Donald do their own podcast. Oh. Uh, and they, go, they rewatch episodes and then talk about each episode. Interesting. And they didn't think that people were going to listen, but it's huge. Like, everybody that loves it. That show had a cult. I never watched it, oh, but my, it had so a cult following. Scrubs is one of my all-time favorite shows. Hmm. That, that's, that's right up there with MASH as far as favorite shows. But I was listening to it, and I was on my phone, and I was scrolling through the Strange Sessions Strangers page. And every now and then it said, you know, if you want to promote a post, this is what it will look like. So I'm scrolling, and then one came up, and it was our Satanic Panic one. And the way they do that in the ad is it, like, comes at you, like a 3D effect with Mm. it coming at you. Mm -hmm. And the Dungeons & Dragons book was in the middle of that. And so the Dungeons & Dragons book was coming out of the screen at me. And I was like, that's actually kind of cool. And right when I was thinking that, one of them mentioned Dungeons & Dragons on the podcast, the exact moment I was thinking that. And that kind of like threw me for a loop. That is not something that comes up in everyday conversation. So that like really kind of surprised me. But another one I had, there was one day, again, it was uh, 
it was the Scrubs podcast I was listening to again, but I was driving home and I was listening to it and they mentioned something about Quincy Jones. Oh yeah, you texted me And I was me like, this. I don't really know who Quincy Jones is. Like I, R&B. I was thinking about that when they said that. I'm like, His I don't know. granddaughter, Rod- well, Rodda Jones? Okay, I, so you're getting, getting to that, I'm getting to that, Krista. <laughs> so, uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah, and The Office. So I'm listening to that and I'm like, God, I don't really know anything about Quincy Jones. So I get home and Sophie has been, I don't want to say badgering me, but she's wanted me to watch The Office for years. Well, you and I the didn't British want to version, watch right? The Office. The, I didn't want to watch the American version okay. because I love the British version. Yeah. So I finally started watching the American version, and it is so amazingly good. That's what I've it's, heard. It's a, it's a whole different world than the British one. Yeah. Because in the American one, you get to know like everybody that's in the office. In the British one, you really didn't. It just focused on the main characters. Okay. And it's not as... Uh, painful as the the British one, like awkward and embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> but I'm watching it, and Jim is dating this girl. I think her name was Karen. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, I've never and really I, watched I, I it. I was like, but... this girl is so pretty. Mm-hmm. So I find when I got done watching the episode, I'm like, who is this girl? And it's Rashida Jones. Rashida Quincy, Quincy Jones's Grand- daughter. Gra- oh, it's I his daughter, daughter or granddaughter. It could be daughter. Google machine will tell us. Yeah, she's in Parks and Rec, too. Yeah, daughter. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, wow. She's really pretty. So I thought that was weird that that's Quincy it Jones. Is. And this right after I get done looking that up, on TV, I had, there was some sitcom on, and they mentioned Quincy Jones. And I was like, Which what? Which is not a name that no. comes up No, and I was like, often. what are the odds that this would have popped up yeah. three times? And I still don't really know who Quincy Jones is. <laughs> but I was like, what are the odds that this would pop up three times in one day like that? And the weirdest one was the one where I just got done finding out that that's his daughter and some sitcom on TV mentions Quincy Jones. Yeah. So that was just weird. A lot of people have been having synchronicities. synchronicities. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I feel bad that I, some of them have the eleven eleven thing now ever since I've been harping on it. Now some of them are starting to experience it. I still it. haven't seen it even once. <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah that's... Apparently have no influence over me. Karen. And what's weird is that this week there weren't any 11-11s, but it's all this other stuff. Something else happened. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but it was one of those things where I was doing something and then I was listening to something that directly referred to what I was doing mm-hmm. at the time. That's been happening like crazy this last week, so I don't know what that means. Well, you and I, I mean, I think it's predictable that one of us is going to text the other saying, oh, yeah. hey, 6.30 tomorrow. Yeah. But the fact that we always go to do it yeah. at the same I, exact I, time Last is night, weird. I picked up my phone to text you. I'll be at the parking ride at 6.30. And I texted you, 6.30 at the parking ride. Yeah, I was like, wow. The moment I picked up my phone, you texted me. Well, and I mean, I could have texted you at 7 o'clock in the morning yesterday, but the fact that I picked the yeah. same time you were going to yeah. text me is yep. weird. Because we text each other throughout the day, yeah. so it's kind of odd. So, yeah, just lots of little synchronicities lately. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we got to do, Krista gave me the look and we, pounded on her tarot. Oh, well, I tapped it, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got to do a tarot reading. Yeah, do you want to do that now? Yeah. Okay. And then we got a couple packages to open. Yeah, we have a lot of packages. Now, what, are, what is this? What's the question? Yeah. I've already, I always pull a card for myself every morning. Like, what should I think about today? Nobody can hear me. I always pull a card in the morning. Like, what should I focus on today? Or what, what should I think about? So I already did that. So do you want okay. me to do that for you? Yeah. What should Kurt be focusing on today? What should I focus on today? Okay, hold on. So you have to think about the question while you're shuffling. Or tell me something about my life right now. Yeah, that works too. I always shuffle three times. I don't know why. It's just my thing. Nothing wrong with it. 
I have been pulling the fool card a ridiculous <laughs> amount of times. Because that's the one I pulled in the last yeah. episode, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually, all the cards I've been pulling lately are extremely... Um, You're going to die? Relevant. Oh. <laughs> no, just relevant to like my life right now. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. But is it like horoscopes that are so vague that it's open no. to interpretation? No, I don't no? think so. But you you interpret the cards. I mean, they have a, a meaning behind them, but they also have several different meanings. And yeah. you have to kind of yeah. follow your gut on what you think it's telling you. Yep. So, All right. Ooh. Okay, hold on. It is the Five of Wands. This is what it looks like. I'll take a picture of it. Cool. Sticks. <laughs> Sticks. So this is going to be the answer to how things are in my life right now. Wands are usually a pretty good okay, card. Okay, good. Cups, <laughs> I didn't look at it yet. Wands. Okay. I didn't look at it yet. I'm just trying to get a picture. Ready? I'm ready. Five of Wands. The Five of Wands is a card of conflict. You may find yourself scattered, distracted, tending to everything and nothing. Since wands deal with our dreams and goals, it usually means this conflict resides within. Your energy moves outward in many directions, yet you are suffering inside. Wow, I kind of am. Take this card as a warning. Find ways to bring calm and focus to your mind, or these troubles will only increase. Hmm. That I, is said very, it was, I said it was a good card. <laughs> that, but that is very accurate to what is going on in my head right now. So calm. I need calm. Yeah. What I like about it is that it it's like an opportunity to yeah. change something. Yeah, that's that, how but that I card always very, look at it. Is very relevant. Yeah, because I'm stressed about several things yeah. right now. You're you're definitely in a state of like you don't know which direction things are exactly. going to go. Exactly, I, I don't. And so, so that's. And I also feel like just today we're both really discombobulated. <laughs> we, I feel like the last couple podcasts we've mentioned that we're discombobulated. But we both feel good, and yeah. I don't know. We're just having a weird day, I guess. Yeah, I actually I feel decent. The book. <laughs> How did it disappear? And like, did I give it to you? I don't. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's warm in here. It is getting warm oh in here already. God. Uh, the book was in front of me. <laughs> I'm looking around oh the table. God. Did I drop it? Okay. You might be scattered and need Jeez. a little focus. I'm like so warm right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely a little. But that card is 100% pertains to me right now yeah. because I'm I'm this week especially I'm going through like manic like days where I'm really happy and mm-hmm. then days where I'm not real happy. But you know I have a. a potential new job and yes. i'm a little stressed about that because i don't know how that's gonna go i'm excited for you i also i think it'll be long really, as we're really mentioning good. that i want to apologize for this episode because i feel like i didn't get enough research in as i wanted to because i was gathering all sorts of info for my application for this job and i was telling krista i had some goof up yesterday with insurance that i spent all <laughs> afternoon running around trying to figure out what was going on and it turns somebody out somebody made a mistake up. yeah yeah so i apologize if this episode isn't as good as usual but onto our packages this first one we had <laughs> we discovered it in we our disc- closet. <laughs> it's, i think we brought it last time so it's not like it's Probably. been in there a long time hopefully but it's from it's from it's either sa or sa or yeah. sa i want to take a picture so i have the return address I don't. Because, you know, someday we're. Gonna I don't know if the name stuff. is Sa or if it's initials S A. So we are going to open it. Oh, you gave it to me to open. Yep. <laughs> I should know that by now. If it's a taste test item, don't say what it is. Okay. Just put it back in there, and then we will use it next time. Because I have to bring Melissa's package next time too. Okay. 
I'm going to try not to slice myself open. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope it's not like one of these that are super hard to get open, but it's not. Oh, I did better than I thought. Oh, <laughs> it's not a taste test. It's an owl. This is so cute. Oh, two little, they're like crocheted owls. Oh, there's so many cute things in here. I am so warm, I can hardly stand it. It's a kitty cat, little crocheted kitty cat. Oh, this They're are so magnets. These are so cute. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. You want to read that? Oh, Tabasco. Okay. We'll edit <laughs> the, we'll, said it. We'll edit that out, oh. but we are going to have to try that next episode. Oh, is this a little bracelet? That's... Aww. So you take... You take an owl and the bracelet. the bracelet and you can have the owl and yep. the kitty cat come on do you want to read this handmade stuff for a shirt or should i you, I th- can you read, read it because I, I talk more during the <laughs> podcast okay we do have a taste test item for next time and i am just gonna say i'm a little scared okay so there's like a story in here and everything okay. awesome dear krista and kurt woo <laughs> Kurt already loves it. I have never been interested in podcasts, but my friend in Tennessee loves them. When we talk on Skype, she began playing your podcast on her computer for us both to listen to while we hang out. Now I am addicted and I'm working my way through all your episodes. Aww, awesome. I don't have Facebook, but I do follow you on Twitter. Oh, nice. Someone follows us on Twitter. Holy cow. Thank I know you. Barry does because Barry shares and likes our oh, stuff. Nice. Birdie Dog Breath, I think, is her handle on Twitter. <laughs> That sounds like it's so Barry. Barry. Yeah, that's Barry. Oh, hi, Barry. Love you, Barry. <laughs> I listened to your strange phone calls episode, and it reminded me of one of my past jobs. I worked the front desk at lodging, hotel basically, on a military base. A few years before I was hired, there was a building that had belonged to lodging, building 4000, that had been locked down. Knocked down. Did it sound like I said locked down? Yeah. <laughs> but the phone lines had been left in the ground, I was told. Several times a day, the front desk would get a call from that building. We could tell because the number was a 4,000 number, like 4,132, 4,248, etc. See, this already creeps me out because I don't like phone stuff. Our phones at the front desk would list a room number if it was a guest calling. During the day, we just figured that traffic and construction on the base was causing the vibrations in the ground, disturbing the remaining phone lines, and caused the calls. But during the evening and night shifts, it was much spookier. The lobby was quieter, and usually we were alone. Traffic was very minimal, and the construction work had ended for the day. But then the calls came in a greater volume. Usually it was silence, but sometimes there was static and crackling sounds. Oh, I don't like that. Nope, because what are you going to hear in that static? Yeah, exactly. If you spoke into the phone, your voice would echo back in a creepy and distorted way. (laughs) (laughs) Now the phone lines... Um, in parentheses, it says for the gone building and the ones still standing were set up so that the phones in the guest room could call the front desk or phone numbers, but weren't able to call other rooms. But most nights we would get a call from a guest or be told by a guest in the morning when they checked out that they got a strange call several times during the night. The phone rang, waking them up. But when they answered, all they could hear was static and sometimes what sounded like faraway sounds. Yuck. We had to to explain (laughs) that they were getting a call from a building that didn't exist anymore. I'm not sure I would tell anyone that, (laughs) which either angered or spooked them since we couldn't do anything to stop it, she says. He or she? I don't know. For a while, I kept a log of which rooms were calling us, how often, times, and whether there was static or silence. 
but my coworkers that had been working there longer kept throwing out my list when I was busy. <laughs> I'd be burning it. <laughs> they claimed I was just asking for trouble or for something worse to happen. But the only worst thing that happened was a few times when I was working the evening shift alone. A few times the light in the women's bathroom in the lobby would flash and the toilet would flush. I was spooked the first few times, but after a while, I would just loudly say, thank you for remembering to flush (laughs) to whatever ghost had used the bathroom. The housekeepers loved to tell tales when we worked the weekend together, and no management was around to hound them to stay on task. They would tell me how in certain rooms, sometimes when they were cleaning or remaking the bed, that the shower would turn on by itself Uh. or the sink. They would just chastise the ghost, telling them that they were busy and didn't have time for such nonsense, and it would stop. That's where I got the uh, the idea to thank the ghost for remembering to flush. <laughs> Love that. Also, your episode on shadow people made me remember something. This started once I moved out and started living in an apartment alone. There are some nights where while I'm sleeping, I will wake up and there is a person standing beside my bed. Leaning over slightly, looking at me. Krista's doing a uh-uh. rope head shake. <laughs> but they're just a shadow. And my lamp is always on. It always startles me bad enough that I let out a yelp, scream of fright, which causes me to actually wake up. My room is dark, the lamp off, and no one is there. So in her dream, the light is on and someone's standing That's over creepy. her. Oh, man. I've always wondered why I dream of waking up from sleep to someone there and if it's real or just a dream in a dream. Anyways, I just wanted to share my story with you, but I greatly enjoy your podcast and wish you a great summer. I hope you enjoy the chocolate and goodies I crocheted for you. Sweet and spicy is so great. Saw Mindy. Awesome. That kind of gives away a little bit of what was in there, but we're going to save that for next time since we have two taste tests we have to get through today. But this is amazing. We got a story. Thank you so much for the goodies. handmade. Those are are so I know. Those are going to go on my refrigerator as soon as I get home. I'm dying right now. I'm actually going to put this bracelet on. Thank you so much for this stuff. And this is like, I could hang this on my Christmas tree. I love owls. Can you want to hand me your owl? I want to get it because it's different color. Well, they're just reversed. I got to get pictures of all this. Come on, people. Sending us handmade stuff. Yeah, you guys are the best. We Seriously. Love you. We do. My, my, um, we are going to travel the country and hug each and every yes, one of you. Whether you a, like it or not. On our Route 66 travels. Yes. My <laughs> Bigfoot keychain is still like one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> I, love, I love them. So cute. I, want I think the, you should have this one. Yep. Thank you. And here's your kitty cat. Uh, thank that you. This is the cutest these thing These are going ever. right on my fridge when I get home. So thank you so much for these. I can put this over my hand. This is awesome. You guys are the best. No, we love you guys. I like when every now and then somebody posts, is this a cult? Are we in a cult? <laughs> yes. Yes, no. you are. It's a cult. Kurt. I don't, I don't do drugs or have sex, so I'm I like the anti-Charles Manson. I'm like the exact opposite of Charles Manson. I don't think that that's a prerequisite for Having a cult, sex? Though. Yeah. Every cult that I have ever... Been involved with? No. <laughs> that I have ever... Read about? If I ever been a member or a leader. This is a new and improved cult. Where we love and support each other. Yeah. No, <laughs> and every, share spooky stories. We need to do more cults. Because yeah, everybody we loved everybody loved your little doomsday oh, cult yeah. one in your But we got two oh, packages. Geez, I have more packages to open. We got a package from Stephanie. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I should stop piling stuff <laughs> on top of these boxes. We got packages from Stephanie and Coleman. So thank you both so much. Who should I start with? Coleman's because I believe both of these have the same thing in them, but it's something that you and I are going to need for a future episode. Okay. Just 
taking photos of addresses. Yeah, because one day, it was funny because Coleman messaged me one day and asked if we wanted to borrow this. And I was like, yeah. And then right after that, Stephanie, my friend in Texas, messaged me that for my birthday, she got me this. Okay. And I was like, are you serious? So thank you so much, both of you. Well, and didn't, isn't Coleman the one who said that he owns a business and if we wanted to have some kind of sponsor, we should. I don't, I don't remember. I think he did. Isn't that multi-tool nice? It, yeah. Hello. Do you hear me grunting at all? Be careful no. cutting the top, though, because okay. it's a... a <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I smell what you're cooking. Oh, did you see that? That was slick. Precision of that. That was slick slice. as snot. Oh, I didn't get through the tape, though. I was so delicate, I didn't slice the tape. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a fail. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wait. How many are there? Oh, he put a couple other ones in there for us to borrow. Yeah. Holy moly. Oh, my God. I know what I'm doing for the next year. Oh, my God. We also still have those bunch of books that Jen sent us. So we have, like, I have a little paranormal library at home. I think Coleman actually suggested that we do a, a book trade in the group. I love that it. We, do a, we just send these books around because Jen sent me like five or six paranormal themed books, like world's biggest mysteries and stuff like that. Yay. Uh, what That's Coleman, a great idea. What Coleman asked is if we wanted to borrow his copy of the very first missing 411 book for There's our, so uh, cause we're going to do an here. episode at the end of the season. And I was like, yeah, cause I really wanted to read these books. So he sent us that Krista is going to borrow this one and read this one. Yeah. And the book we're talking about, did you say what it is? Yeah, yeah Missing 411. Okay, yep. sorry. I was busy <laughs> She's taking pictures and well, organizing. Well, he sent us one, two, three, four, five, six different books. Okay, and Jen sent us like six or seven different books, so I have a stack of Dang. paranormal-themed books at home. I'm just going to take a picture of the pile. Okay. But there, a lot of them are Bigfoot-themed, so you know I'm in that, heaven that's, right now. That's, all, that's your gig. That's your shtick. My shtick. My obsession. Your thing. Your white thing. <laughs> Still. Let's not forget about the squonk. Oh, squonk. poor squonky. Is that what it's called? Squonk? I think it was a squonk. It just cries all the time. I yeah. want to pet squonky. Wow, this is amazing. I'm so excited to start paging through these. So we got to divvy up what we each want. And remember who be- what belongs to who, though. Yeah, we need to do that because, like I said, I have a bunch of books at home from Jen that we need to okay. get this we'll figure book this trade out. going. Good thing I'm taking pictures of... Uh... Well, thank you, Coleman. This is amazing. Yes, thank you, Coleman. I'm so excited. I feel like we have our own personal library. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to have to stand up for this one. I'll open this one. Oh, okay. It would be unfair. Did you take a picture of... Is there a return address? I know Stephanie's. Oh, okay. Good. No, and this isn't. This is from directly from the company. Oh, it's okay. Not from so that one helped. But I would feel like a jerk making you open all these packages. <laughs> you usually do. So <laughs> I'm not calling you a jerk. This is so awesome. I'm excited. I feel for like this. every time I come here, it's my birthday or something. This one actually is for my birthday. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. There you go. Um, the. Because I didn't know at first what it was from, and the company is NABS LLC. And I was like, what is that? Yes. North American Bigfoot Society. Oh. They're the ones that sell the missing 411 books. Oh, really? Books. Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, Jim left home. <laughs> My stalker, stalker app stalking just her told husband. Me Jim left home. He's going grocery shopping, so I don't have to go. Okay, this is annoying opening these. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You feeling my pain right now? 
I didn't hear any grunting, so you're not working hard <laughs> enough. There you go. <laughs> Do the Bigfoot grunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Kurt opening this. Wow. That box is really heavy. I believe. There are so many things in there. Whoa. The entire set of oh missing my 411 God. books. <laughs> wow. wow. Oh, that was pretty good. Stephanie, <laughs> thank you. I don't know what to That's say. That's amazing. Happy birthday, Kurt. Wow. Stephanie, I love you. He's thank like you speechless so, right thank now. Thank you so much. That is so cool. It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Missing it's got the whole library. Now we're not going to run out of material for our Missing 411 episodes. And I believe we have the Missing 411 map <gasps> of the United. We were just talking we about We were just this. talking about that. I think we got the Missing 411 map in here of all the places that people have disappeared from in the that country. That is so cool. So, wow, we have to figure I out honestly what we're do don't. I did not expect this. I no. thought she was going to send us a copy of the book and like something else. So, That's Stephanie, crazy. thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is awesome. <laughs> We should be good now for missing yeah, 411 episodes. Wow. That's amazing. We have the best listeners. You just made Kurt. You should see believe, the smile on his face I cannot face believe right now. I have the entire Aww. set of missing 411 books. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You know how many much. people are jealous of you right now? I know. I know you'll loan them to me, so <laughs> I can't be too jealous. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> wow. Thank you, guys. Coleman yeah, and Stephanie, awesome. thank you so much. And... Sa? Yeah. Sa Mindy? I don't even know what to say. I know. You guys this are amazing. I'm close to getting teary, so I'm not going to get teary. Oh, you're so <sighs> cute. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I did not expect this. I, th I think this is the map, so we're going to have to put the map uh, somewhere Dave, here. Dave Polite Politis <gasps> is. Can we do one of those things where you have like string going in all different directions? <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do one. We got to. You and I need to come here one day and like redo. We need to reorganize for yeah. sure. I need to get Jim to hang this. But Dave thing Politis, up. like if anybody posts a picture of this map on the internet, he threatens to down. sue them. Yeah. Okay. Because he, this, he, this is like a special thing that only he does. Okay. The map of where all these we people have disappeared then. from. No, but we'll put it up in here for us. Yeah. But. Wow, I Amazing. still cannot believe she got me all the books. <laughs> Stephanie, you are the best. When we do our Route 66 trip, we will definitely We're be stopping, stopping in uh, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Route 66 goes through Texas, doesn't it? Does it? I think so. I have no idea. We'll make a side trip for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Stephanie. Wow, I am stunned. Don't even know what to say now. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah. You guys are the best. Okay. So we got to jump right into the main story, which is Nessie. Nessie. The Loch Ness Monster. Sweet. Um, and again, I apologize. I didn't have quite enough time to do thorough research this week. You just went to Wikipedia? I just went to Wikipedia <laughs> and made some stuff up. Just printed the whole thing out. You're going to read it verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I do use Wikipedia a lot in these, but I try to say it's Wikipedia. Yeah. You know? Well, I think we try to list all of our sources. Yeah. I'm turning my computer on because there's pictures we're going to be discussing. That These pictures will be posted in the Facebook group, The Strangers. And probably I'll post them on Instagram too. Yeah. But getting into it, we're starting... Ooh, I almost burped. We had a weird... What? I almost had a weird neck throat thing. These books actually elicited a burp out <laughs> of you. Almost elicited a burp Something out of me. Something Kurt's not capable of. So we're going to start with Loch Ness itself. 
Loch Ness is a large, deep freshwater loch in the Scottish Highlands extending for approximately 23 miles or 37 kilometers southwest of the city of Inverness, Scotland. What is a loch? A body of water, right? It's a lake. Oh, <laughs> it's a basically lake? a okay. lake. <laughs> basically, loch is the Gaelic word for lake. And okay. there are quite a few of these in Scotland. There are over 31,000 lochs in Scotland. Hmm. I did not know that. Mm-mm. I didn't. That seems like a lot. Loch Ness contains 263 billion cubic feet of water, which is kind of insane. It's not the largest loch by surface area. That would be Loch Lomond. And it's not the deepest loch. That would be Loch Morar. But it is the largest body of water in all of the UK. It contains more water than all the lakes of England and Wales combined. Wow. I didn't realize it was that big. No. That's what she said. (laughs) Loch Ness stays at a pretty constant temperature year-round of 43 degrees Fahrenheit, 6 degrees Celsius, never freezing even in winter. But that's cold. Burr, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very cold. Not a lot of people go swimming in the loch. No. Probably diving, but not just le- leisurely swimming. You know, compare it to Lake Michigan. From July to September, Lake Michigan water temperature doesn't drop below 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees Celsius. In autumn, it averages around 57 degrees Fahrenheit or 14 degrees Celsius. And in winter, it averages 39 degrees Fahrenheit, 4 degrees Celsius. So even in autumn, it's warmer than Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. Loch Ness is... is really cold i did not know that going into this i assumed it was like a little lake that you can go swimming in but no it's it's chilly the lock is also very dark and murky scotland gets a lot of rain and the rain carries peat down from the hills surrounding the lock into the water causing super poor visibility in the water Hmm. so you're not going to want to go swimming or diving in there because you can't see anything right it's cold and there's potentially a huge monster yeah (laughs) it sounds pretty it sounds pretty miserable All of this sounds perfect for a creature like Nessie. Steady temperature, lots of area to swim, and poor visibility to help it remain unseen. Loch Ness also lies on the Great Glen fault line. There have been periodic earthquakes there, but only minor ones. And on the southeastern shore of Loch Ness is the Boleskine House, the home owned by infamous occultist Aleister Crowley, and later by musician and Aleister Crowley fan Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. Mm. Did you know that? I did not know that he. Was I knew that. A I knew that he had bought Alistair Crowley's house. I did not know that. Hmm. We got. We should do an episode on Alistair Crowley should. at some point because he was big with the fascinating sex magic crazy, and crazy all that person. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lastly, Nessie hunters have found over one hundred thousand of something in the lock. What do you think that is? Say that again. Lastly, Nessie hunters have found over one hundred thousand of something in the lock. What do you think that is? I have no idea. Golf balls. <laughs> they suspect that it comes from years and years of people practicing their golfing drives sure. on the shore of the lock. Some of the golf ball cores contain zinc, which can be poisonous to fish and plant life. Mm. Golf ball pollution is actually a thing that I did not know existed no, until I, I started either. researching this. Well, uh, isn't Scotland like a destination Yeah, Scotland for is like a golfing. Okay. That's kind of where golf originated, I believe, if I remember Caddyshack correctly. Okay. <laughs> Judging by the outfits that the old school golfers wear, yeah. that makes sense. It's, yeah, they look like very Scottish. Plaid and, yeah. Around 300 million golf balls are lost or just discarded on golf courses every year in the United States alone, which is kind of crazy to me. There are people who make a side hustle. Oh, yeah, thing, collecting. Collecting golf I've, balls that have gone into the water trap. I haven't golfed in years, but I used to love golfing. I was I, actually yeah. I was actually not horrible at it. Same here. I haven't gone. I have my own clubs, and my husband always says, 
any club you give me, I'm going to hit it 150 yards straight, <laughs> no matter what it is, but I can't I putt sucked with crap. At, I sucked at driving. I sucked at putting, but all the stuff in between, in between, I was gold. And anything in the, my, give me my five iron. And I loved golfing. Yeah, it's fun. I, I think I, I live right next to a golf course. I think I talked about it on here, but I remember go. my buddy, Tom, who listens to the podcast. Hey, Tom, I remember him and I walking off a golf course at 8.15 in the morning because we were too drunk to golf <laughs> because we drank at his house morning. in the morning. Wow. Yeah, that was a day drinking. It was a low point slash high point in my life because <laughs> right? I looked fondly back on that. When you're too drunk to golf at 8.15 in the morning. You're having a good day. Yeah, <laughs> you're having a good day. Well, that's probably only going to get worse at some point, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious i've calmed down a lot since i see how long ago was that 15 20 years oh dang yeah Yeah. i haven't been drunk in the morning in a long time when we would go up to our friend's cabin up north we would start with bloody mary's at like 10 o'clock in the morning we've talked every day i'm a day drinker i like lunch a beer with lunch yeah getting a little buzz during the day and then letting it wear off yeah (laughs) that's ideal yeah but we digress digress. (laughs) So the first recorded sighting of some kind of strange creature in the loch happened way back in the year 565 AD by St. Columbia, the man credited with introducing Christianity to Scotland. St. Columbia was on his way to visit a Pictish king. The Picts were a group of people who lived in eastern and northern Scotland. On his way to meet the Pictish king, he came across some men bearing a body. The men told St. Columbia that the man they were burying had been swimming in the Ness River when he had been grabbed by some sort of beast in the water that attacked him and pulled him under. They had quickly taken a boat out to try to save him, but the man was found floating already dead. St. Columbia then sent one of his men to try swimming across the river, and as the man was swimming, some kind of creature could be seen swimming quickly towards him. Columbia quickly ran up to the shore, made the sign of the cross, and yelled, "'Go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once.'" After yelling this to the creature, it said that the creature immediately stopped swimming after the man and then disappeared back down into the water. Everyone who witnessed this event said they had just seen a miracle. Hmm. Hate to be the poor king's guy that he's like, yeah, why don't you swim across that? (laughs) See what happens. (laughs) There's some commercials like that right now that are really funny. But yeah, this is like 565 AD is like the first recorded sighting of a monster in the the Loch Ness area. Okay. So going back to the Picts, and it's P-I-C-T-S, the Picts were known for creating very well-done and very lifelike drawings on stones. All of the animals they've drawn are easily identifiable, except for the one that's become known as the Pictish Beast. It almost looks like a swimming elephant or a weird seahorse, and some people believe that the Pictish Beast is a representation of the Loch Ness Monster. Hmm. After that, there were sightings here and there, but since the lock was mostly secluded, not a lot of people were out there to notice anything. Then, the modern era of Nessie sightings started in 1933, when a road was completed that went along the shore of the lock. Instead of being secluded, the lock now was way more visible and had eyes on it at almost all the time. In May of 1933, an article ran in the local paper, the Inverness Courier, A local couple, the McKays, were driving along the lock one day when they witnessed a huge creature in the water, calling it whale-like and saying that it surfaced and then, quote, disappeared in a boiling mass of foam. We never did a taste. (sighs) (laughs) I'm looking at these. I totally did. I totally blinked. Let's hold off on taste tests the next time because we're running. We're running kind of (laughs) long. We are discombobulated. 
Ay, ay, ay. We completely skipped the taste test. <laughs> we'll do. We, we can do this one that Nikki gave us because okay. this is like uh, easy, no frills one. Okay. I cannot believe that I totally blanked on taste test. I was what wondering what you were motioning at me for when I was talking. <laughs> uh, this is a trip, so it's a train wreck. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who's just tuning in for the first time. Yeah, quickly. listen to other episodes because we're usually not this. Yeah, just stop right now. Yeah, and find we're usually another not episode. This train wrecky. I'm gonna try to open the window. <laughs> okay. I couldn't figure out why you were like motioning at me and laughing. <laughs> totally. Also, my arms are up in the air. Like, what the heck? So we're gonna do a mid podcast taste <laughs> yeah. test. This one is a super easy one. This one is a, like I said, a no frills. This was given to me by my friend Nikki when she came home a couple weeks ago. She got this for you. Ooh. Yes. It's a, it's a decal for your window that says <gasps> believe I'm with totally a picture of Bigfoot on it. And for us to try, she got. <gasps> I love this. Thank ah, you. That's so cool. And for us, she got. Dill pickle flavored cashews. Oh, all right. Which are going to be good because I love cashews. Well, we just t- we tried the dill pickle. Some, yeah, we those peanuts those. were like the best peanuts. The the uh, D's nuts. Those were so good. D's nuts. Yeah. Those were so good. See, I would have missed out on this awesome decal. Yeah. I am so excited about that. I'm going to be that nerd that's driving around with the Bigfoot decal on their car. I cannot believe we forgot the taste test. That's like the first time. <laughs> I know. So okay. We can snack on these while we're, rec- while we're recording. Gosh. These are dill pickle flavored cashews. I shouldn't even be allowed to drive today. They're going to be good. I seriously thought about bringing rum shada to put in my coffee too because I had kind of a week. I feel like you don't need any no. rum shada. No. We're both a little... All right, Shay. See, I like that they give you the little thing. Yes, to tear. I feel bad. We're doing it right in the middle of the podcast. I know. Are they super dilly? Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. They smell good. I don't really smell the dill. I love cashews. I do too. Ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Oh. Ooh. Those are good. Mm-hmm. They're different from the other ones. The dill flavor is a little different. The dill flavor is more bitter. It, like a, Not bitter, but... It tastes like authentic dill. It tastes though. like actual dill. Yeah. Not like mm. not like what they want you to think dill mm-hmm. pickles taste like. These are really good. Yeah, these are very good. Out of ten? Ten. Nine. Mm. I'm good. Oh Yum. <laughs> Thank you for the Thank taste you, test. Nikki. We almost forgot. Thank you, Nikki. <clears throat> mm. Thank you for the decal. I'm super pumped about that. There's like a hint of something else in there. There's actually a tiny bit of spice. Yeah, there is. A little bit of heat. Not enough to offend you offend me mm. anyway back to the podcast <laughs> where was i now blah 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 uh, nessie here go no further pictish beast in may of 1933 an article ran in the local paper the inverness courier a local couple the mckays were driving along the lock one day when they witnessed a huge creature in the water causing it whale-like and saying that it surfaced and then quote disappeared in a boiling mass of foam in a follow-up article, the McKays also said that they saw two black humps in the lake, which they believed was the creature. Hmm. A few months later... That's an, like the most classic sighting, yeah, right? Yeah, is the yep, humps, in the, humps lake. in the lake. Okay. A few months later, another article about a sighting showed up in the paper. A man named George Spicer and his wife had been visiting the area when Spicer said that he almost collided with the creature when it was making its way back across the road with what looked like a sheep or a lamb in its mouth. Spicer called it, quote... The nearest approach to a dragon or prehistoric animal that I have ever seen in my life. 
He also said that it had a long neck, which moved up and down in the manner of a scenic railway. It was a loathsome-looking grayish color, like a dirty elephant, and that, quote, it looked like a huge snail with a long neck. I have never heard of sightings of it crossing the road no, before. No, and there's like two sightings of it crossing the road, one with a sheep in its mouth. So I've only heard of sightings of yeah. it in the water. Then in November of 1933, the first purported, purported, the first purported photograph of the creature was taken. A man named Hugh Gray took a photo of what he believed to be the Loch Ness monster. And you can go in okay. the pictures and look at the Hugh Gray photo. It should be the first one. You don't want me to review your resume? <laughs> oh, is my resume on there? <laughs> yeah. Mm, fun. You okay. can if you want. Well, it's too late. You already sent it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for this to open. This is the Hugh Gray photo. It's, I think, the first photo. It's weird. It looks like a whale. I, I don't know what it looks like. Okay. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to that, though. We'll talk oh, about dang that. Dang it. You toward, just curted me. I, I did. We'll get that towards the end when we kind of go over the photos. Okay. But that is like one of the first known photos of the Loch Ness, supposed uh, Loch Ness right. monster. Okay. Hugh Gray said, quote, Four Sundays ago after church, I went for my usual walk near where the river enters the loch. The loch was like a mill pond and the sun shining brightly. An object of considerable dimensions rose out of the water not very far from where I was. Um, I immediately got my camera ready and snapped the object, which was two or three feet above the surface of the water. I did not see any head. For what I took to be the front parts were under the water, but there was considerable movement from what seemed to be the tail, the part furthest from me. The object only appeared for a few minutes and then sank out of sight. So by this time, Loch Ness Monster Mania was pretty much in full swing. Like the 30s were like the big decade for Loch Ness Monster sightings. People would drive the road along the loch just hoping to spot a glimpse of the creature. Hunters and troops of Boy Scouts would camp out along the loch hoping to catch or to even see the creature. And a British circus offered a reward of 20,000 pounds to anyone who could capture the creature. They wanted to have the creature in the circus. <laughs> How are you going to... Okay. I don't know. I'm not going to try <laughs> to figure that one I out. I don't know. Okay. In January of 1934, a man named Arthur Grant was driving his motorcycle near the lock around 1 o'clock a.m. when he claimed to almost run into the creature on the road. He was a veterinary student and he described the creature as having a small head attached to a long neck and that it looked like a cross between a seal and a plesiosaur or plesiosaur. I think it's plesiosaur. Then on April 21st, 1934, the Daily Mail published what's known as the surgeon's photograph. This is the one that's our teaser picture. This is the one everybody, when they think yes. of Loch Ness Monster, yep. they think of this picture. Looks like Dino the dinosaur yeah. from... It was known as the surgeon's photograph... Because the person who brought the photos in didn't want his identity known, but it later came out that it was Robert Kenneth Wilson, a gynecologist from London. I, I'm guessing that as a doctor, you're very respected in your community. Yes. And releasing yeah. a photo of a monster in a lake is probably... That was one of the... Re no, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh. I just curted myself. We'll get to that at okay. the, towards the end. There's a lot of stuff about this picture, okay. which you probably already know. We'll see. I've never really delved into the whole Nessie thing And that's all the that thing much. is that when we decided to do this one, like I don't get super excited about things that I'm not interested in. Right. And I, I've never been like a big lock. Me neither. You know, this is like Bigfoot where it's like, eh. And I know, oh, did I just get a dirty look? <laughs> I got such a dirty look from her. But it's just one of those it's things cool. that it's cool, but I just never really. Yeah. And there's as, there's not a whole ton about it really. I was I kind of thought there would be more about it, but there's really not a whole lot. 
but the the surgeon's photo is like one of the ones that's the most well known photos. Was that your stomach? Growing? No, that was me making a. Mm, oh. sound. <laughs> I can't hear uh, over the like alleged air conditioning that's running right now because I sure don't feel any air conditioning. Right so now. Robert Kenneth Wilson, the gynecologist who brought the photo in, said that he was looking at the lock one day when the creature came to the surface. So he grabbed his camera and took some photos. For over 50 years after it was taken, this photo was said to be proof that the creature existed, even though some people debated the photo, saying that the ripples didn't look quite right for a creature that size, etc. We'll get to that. In 1954, the fishing boat, the Rival 3, was out in the lock, and its sonar pinged on a huge object under the water that was keeping pace with the ship. After 2,000 feet of following the ship, the signal disappeared. Then on July 29, 1955, Peter McNabb was at Urquhart Castle when he saw something and took a photo. And this is the Urquhart photo. This is like one of the other big known photos from the... So this is another one of the famous photos of the Loch, a Loch Ness Monster. In Nicholas Witchell's Loch Ness Story, published in 1974, McNabb is quoted as saying, quote, I was returning from a holiday in the north with my son and pulled a car up on the road just above Urquhart Castle. It was a calm, warm, hazy afternoon. I was all ready to take a shot of the castle when my attention was held by a movement in the calm water over to the left. Naturally, I thought of the monster and hurriedly changed over the standard lens of my camera to the 6-inch telephoto lens. As I was doing so, a quick glance showed that some black or dark enormous water creature was cruising on the surface. Without a tripod and in a great hurry, I took the shot. I also took a very quick shot with another camera, a fixed-focus Kodak, before the creature submerged. My son was busy under the bonnet of the car at the time, and when he looked in response to my shouts, there were just ripples on the water. Several cars and a bus stopped, but they could see nothing and listened to my description with patent disbelief. Uh, he showed this photo to his friends, but his friends basically ridiculed him. So he put the photo away and didn't want anything to do with it. But then three years later, he decided to release the photo as more photos of the creature started coming out. Hmm. But that's the McNab I've seen it before. Yeah, that's the McNabb photo. That's another one of the famous photos. Okay. In May of 1977, magician and psychic Anthony Shields claimed that he used his powers to summon the creature from the lock and snapped a picture of it. <laughs> so, it looks like an inflatable pool toy. Exactly. I only included it's that. It's smiling. I only, I only included that one because it's funny and cute. Oh my goodness. But that, that comes up. It's called, uh, people refer to that as the Loch Ness Muppet. Because <laughs> they said it looks it like. Looks so I included right. that one just because I thought it was ridiculous funny. and cute. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cute. In May of 2007, laboratory technician Gordon Holmes videotaped what he described as a, quote, jet black thing about 14 meters or 46 feet long, moving fairly fast in the water. In August 2012, boat skipper George Edwards claimed that a photo he took a year earlier shows the creature. A lifelong Nessie enthusiast, Edwards searched for the monster for 26 years from his boat, the Nessie Hunter 4. On April 19th, 2014, it was reported that a satellite image on Apple Maps showed what appeared to be a large creature thought by some to be the Loch Ness monster just below the surface of Loch Ness, just below the surface of Loch Ness. That picture's in there. You can you should be able to see that. So which one is it? What is it Apple called? Apple Maps. Oh yeah. It looks like a shark. <laughs> At like the an lock, aerial view of a shark. At the lock's far northern end, the image appeared about 30 meters or 90 feet long. I mean, so those are the images. Those are some of the images that I put in here. We're going to be coming back to those, so okay. keep them handy. Yeah. As you can imagine, there have been tons of attempts to find Nessie. 
Right from the start, in July of 1934, Edward Mountain, the founder of one of the largest insurance companies in the UK, financed a search. 20 men with binoculars and cameras positioned themselves around the lock from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. for five weeks. 21 photographs and one bit of film were taken, but none were considered conclusive. The film has been lost to time, but most who saw it believe that the creature was a seal. In 1962, the Loch Ness Phenomena Investigation Bureau was formed to study the lock and to catch evidence of the creature. It ran for 10 years. It also involved positioning people at vantage points around the lock. Some of the most thorough investigations were done by a man named Robert Rines. The first one took place in 1972. Using sonar and underwater cameras, an examination was done of the lock. Specialists were on hand from Raytheon, Simrad Hydroacoustics, and researchers from MIT and MIT's Department of Ocean Engineering. Wow. So they weren't fooling around. I mean, this was like a uh, cast of yeah. characters that you would want out there totally. when you're doing this. So I was kind of impressed with that. Weren't it people? Weren't it? Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> weren't it? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it people from MIT who I feel debunked the Paulding light? I believe so. Yeah. But I mean, I, that's why I think this was done so well because yeah. he had people there that would specifically debunk or know what this thing is. The best in their field too, yeah. to be able to figure that yep. out. So they weren't fooling around with this. One of the famous images they caught is believed to be one of the creature's flippers. Mm. It should be the flipper, yep. flipper photo. Yep. I mean, it definitely looks like a flipper. Yeah. A second investigation done in 1975 caught a photo that many people feel shows the creature itself. And that should be your photo, the photo of the body. Ryan's creature photo? Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's like underwater though, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting photo. Yeah. It is interesting. It looks like a giraffe. It does kind of. It looks like, it looks like some kind of, like, like a giraffe. It a looks like a, plesio, a plesiosaur, a plesiosaur would look. Uh, additional investigations by Rhines and his team were also held in 2001 and 2008. So he's been doing this a while. I think he passed away, if I'm not if I'm not wrong. I recently watched, I did watch a documentary on Nessie, and there was a man who like lives there. Yeah, and basically watches. We might get we might get okay. to him in a little bit actually, because I was I read that and I was like wow. Um, in 1987, Operation Deep Scan took place. 24 boats equipped with echo-sounding equipment were deployed across the width of the lock and sent acoustic waves out in Mm. an attempt to map what was under the water. According to BBC News, the scientists believed that they had made sonar contact with an unidentified object of unusual size and strength. Some researchers believed that what they were seeing were seals, while others thought that it could indeed be Nessie. Sonar expert Daryl Lawrence looked at the results and is quoted as saying, quote, there's something here that we don't understand, and there's something here that's larger than a fish. Maybe some species that hasn't been detected before. I don't know. Then in 2018, a DNA survey was taken of the lock. The research team took over 200 one-liter samples of water from throughout the lock, including both surface water and deep water, and compared those samples with over 35 samples from five normal locks nearby. The study detected over 500 individual organ- orgasms. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, the study detected over 500 individual organisms and over 3,000 species, including badgers, deer, sheep, rabbits, several different birds, cattle, dogs, and humans. But there were absolutely no traces of reptilian DNA sequences found, hmm. and people assumed that if Nessie existed, it would be a reptilian creature. So there were absolutely no. No traces of reptilian DNA. 
That Well, I guess that's assuming it's yeah. a reptilian in nature. In January of this year, 2020, Steve Feltham, who was recognized by the Guinness Book of World's Records for the longest continuous monster hunting vigil of Loch Ness... I'm guessing searched, this is the guy. <laughs> ...searched for a continuous 10,397 days. Wow. But I'm assuming that that's just going out looking at the lock and be like, yep, I looked today. You well, know? I think he, he, if this is the same guy, he actually lives in a, a little structure that's right yeah. on the lock. Yeah. And he's literally there every day. He's but, retired, I yeah, think. Yes. But the Guinness record for 10,397 days of searching for Nessie. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That, I guess you could spend five minutes of your day. Yeah. Because you're, you're doing it. The rest of your you, day you is, go out yeah. there and have a coffee have your coffee in the morning and look over the lock i suppose <laughs> that's searching that's but, a consecutive day but that's still ten thousand three hundred ninety seven days that's a lot that's a lot how many years is that i think like 28 or 29 years dang so it's a long time that he's been doing yeah. this and i don't think he's ever seen i was gonna say how many actual <laughs> sightings has he had if anybody sees this creature i hope to god it's him because he right. deserves it he's put in the time man. yeah Hmm. But that's really what I have. And now we got two theories, Okay. of course. <gasps> Theory number one, the Loch Ness Monster exists or existed. Mm. Uh, sub-theory for that one, witnesses. A lot of people have seen something. something. You know, I don't, I don't know what I think about these accounts of seeing the creature waddle across the road. I mean, are there seals in the area? There are seals. There are otters. A lot of people think that... They do go on land and waddle around. But you're not going to see a seal with a sheep in its mouth. Well, why would it be crossing the road? Crossing the, well, Seals, I'm assuming, are going to cross the road. Maybe? They. Say, I don't know. I don't know enough about seals and their habitat, but usually they're either in the water or like sunbathing on some yeah, rocks. they're so cute when they're just laying on the rocks. <laughs> But how can you... I don't know. It's got to be a big-ass seal if you're going to confuse it with a Loch Ness Monster right. when it's crossing that's, the road. That's where I'm running into some trouble with that theory. You know, so I don't know. But there have been a lot of witnesses that have reported... You know, a lot of people see... I feel like whatever's crossing the road is different from whatever people are seeing A lot seeing of people see, like, ripples that weren't there a second ago, bubbles. They see these kinds of things that make them think that there is something in the water. People, there's a lot of people, and you have to figure how many people see something but don't say anything about it. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be a Loch Ness monster kook. Right, but I also just feel like bubbles doesn't mean anything. No, exactly. And we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so a lot of people have witnessed things, but we don't have a grasp on exactly how many people have witnessed things. Right. Or what they witnessed. And how many people are misidentifying normal, natural stuff. Yeah. According to an article on the UK TV website yesterday called, quote, Could the Loch Ness Monster Actually Exist? The article says, quote, While some stories have been fabrications and hoaxes, the sheer variety of testimonies has to be taken into account. One prominent local, Willie Cameron, says, I know four people who genuinely believe that they have seen the creature, but they would not speak about it for fear of ridicule. Hmm. My late father saw something unexplainable in 1965. Nine other people saw it the same time as him. So people, I put more pe- stock into the people who won't talk about it than the oh, people who I do too, who because like, the people that are, want some kind of fame from, yeah. from saying that they saw it. According to a July 1st, 2012 article in the Daily Record called, quote, Veteran Loch Ness Monster Hunter Gives Up about Robert Ryan's final Nessie hunt, the article says, quote, As he prepares for his last hunt, Robert says, what am I to do? Forget what I saw. There are a lot of eyewitness accounts. Are they all liars? Are they all drunk? I don't believe human nature is like that. 
I do like the idea that they're all drunk. Though. Oh, I do too. It is Scotland. <laughs> that would be a Wisconsin. That would be a Wisconsin lake totally. creature. What disturbs me as a lawyer is that we prove cases by eyewitness testimony. The human brain is not 100% accurate, but it's not 0% either, which I agree with. Right. You know, that's like... There's somewhere in the middle. That's like the thousands of people that see UFOs in a given time. They can't all be. If there's one account that is genuinely a UFO. That's that's, significant. That's significant. Yeah. You know, so all these people that saw this monster, if one of them did see something unidentifiable like that, it's a a thing. It Mm -hmm. exists. You know, so I get that. We talk a lot on here about how the human brain is not 100% accurate in identifying Right. Bigfoot sightings and identifying or this even and somebody that. who robbed them. Yeah. Yep. I know I come back to this all the time, but I was floored by that. I think it was on the Discovery Channel where they were showing. I don't remember what the show was called, but it was a really good show. This episode was showing how we don't pay attention as much as we think we do, and that's the one that had the guy go into like a post office type area to get a package. So the guy went in and talked to the person behind the counter, and the person behind the counter said, yep, it's right down here, duck down. And then somebody else, completely different, came up with the package, and nobody, nobody caught noticed? that. Nobody noticed? Nobody noticed. I would said, notice Nobody that. blinked. Nobody said a word that it was a completely different person. And then that makes me wonder, would I notice? I would notice. I'm I don't know somebody, if you would or not. When I, I think, but I'm somebody, when I'm about to talk to somebody, I... I observe all kinds of things about them. Yeah. I'm looking at eye color. Yeah. I'm looking at hair. It's just how I am. Yeah. But if you like go into a post office, you're not going to be like focusing. I'm not saying you because you're you. Right. You, I can see how. But I'm saying the majority of people, if they go into yeah. a post office, they're not going to. They're going to have their mind elsewhere, and they're right. not going to be paying attention to the person. But it was like a completely different hair color. A completely different person popped up with the package. How many of them do you think noticed? And I don't know. We're afraid to say anything because how do you? What, what do you do? I don't know. Like what would you even say? <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like. I think I'd be standing there with this look on my yeah. face. Like, what? <laughs> I think I would too. Like what just happened? So yeah, we talk a lot on here. About how eyewitness testimony is so inaccurate, mm-hmm. but it is not infallible. Infa- no, it is not. not it is I'm not zero percent accurate. Right. You know, Gary Campbell, keeper of a register of Nessie sightings, receives on average ten reports a year of something unexplained being spotted in the lock's water, and a lot of the sonar sweeps of the lock have shown traces of what seems to be a large creature. So these kind of witnesses, you know, these witnessing events kind of lend to the possibility that something does exist. Yeah. You know. 10 a year actually is not yeah. as much as I thought. Yep. Sub theory B, it did exist but has since died. Uh, a lot of people, including Robert Rines, thinks that global warming could have changed the temperature of the lock enough that this creature wasn't able to survive in the water anymore. Well, and what kind of a lifespan would it have anyway? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, when that's, was the first sighting? That's something first recorded sighting? Night. The for the five five thirty five A.D. or something like that. Yeah, I'm guessing it didn't live that <laughs> yeah. long. And we'll get to that when we talk about reasons why it doesn't exist. Okay. But it uh, you know, I, that's why the, I think it surprised me that the lock's temperature stays constant. So that could mm-hmm. that lends credibility to the fact that if something needed that temperature to survive, the fact that it stays that way year round at that specific temperature. Has it slowly gone up over the years, though? I don't know. I mm-hmm. believe so. But this Robert Rines, that's kind of like the the guy that knows all this stuff, says that he believes that global warming changed the temperature of the water enough that it killed whatever was in there. Mm-hmm. And sub-theory C, 
it's not unheard of to discover new creatures or creatures that were thought to be extinct. Especially in water. Yeah, that Especially happens quite a bit. Especially in large bodies of water. From that UK TV article I mentioned on the Yesterday website, quote, It would be the height of arrogance to discount the circumstantial evidence and the possibility of things yet to be discovered. Remember, back in 1938, coelacanths, an order of fish, were discovered near South Africa 66 million years after they were believed to have gone extinct. Nature has a way of shocking us. I understand that, but the sheer size that this yeah. thing is supposed yeah, to be... Yeah, there's a difference between a coelacanth, a, fi- <laughs> a small fish. fish, and this beast. Right. You know? And assume that it's a creature thought to be extinct, usually a plesiosaur. Not actually a dinosaur, but it's rather a large swimming reptile. It's believed that all plesiosaurs became extinct as a result of the KT event at the end of the Cretaceous period, approximately 66 million years ago. Did you show me a picture of this thing? Plesiosaur? No, but I can. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll pull one up on my phone. Uh, the KT event is believed to have been an asteroid hitting the Earth that caused the dinosaurs and other creatures to die off. Okay. The KT event stuff is actually... I kind of went on a tangent of looking up the stuff about the event that is believed to have wiped out the dinosaurs and all that. And that was actually pretty interesting. This is a plesiosaur. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the fins, the long yeah. neck with the yeah. small head. Because that looks like wow. what is it? That flipper looks like what's in the flipper photo. Totally. And that the body flipper, kind of looks like what's in the body photo. Yeah. But that's... that is what they believe the Loch Ness monster to be was a, a plesiosaur mm. type creature. Okay. And assume it's a creature thought to be extinct. Usually a plesiosaur, not actually a dinosaur, but it's rather a large swimming reptile. It's believed that they all became extinct after the KT event killed off all the dinosaurs. According to an article on the IFL Science website called, quote, Why Are We Still Searching for the Loch Ness Monster? The article says, quote, Some scientists argue that a giant aquatic reptile would have a hard time surviving in the frigid waters of the Scottish Lake. But sea turtles are large reptiles as well, and they can thrive in the cold waters off the coast of Iceland and Alaska. And they live a really long time, yeah. don't they? Yep. A study by French scientist Aurelien, Aurelien Bernard and his colleagues published in Science Magazine in 2010 examined the oxygen isotopes extracted from the fossil bones of plesiosaurs. The isotope showed that these animals were likely capable of adjusting their body temperatures or being endothermic and were thus therefore capable of surviving in relatively cold waters. However, unless Nessie is a fish, it would need to surface regularly in order to breathe, and so its apparitions would be fairly frequent, but they are not. Such discrepancy could be explained by the peculiar body shape of the creature, looking similar to a plesiosaur. The small head located at the end of a long neck would make it easy to conceal the body in the murky waters while only its nostrils break the surface for a few gulps of air. Hmm. Which I could totally right. understand. Yeah. That could be what people see as ripples. Is this thing sticking its nose up to breathe and then going back down. Mm-hmm. So they're saying it's possible that this thing exists. Theory number two, Loch Ness Monster does not exist. Subtheory A, mistaken identity. Mm-hmm. According to the awesomely titled article, quote, Big meanies use science to debunk the Loch Ness Monster myth. <laughs> On the Next Web website, the article says, quote, If Nessie doesn't exist, why do eyewitness accounts of the Loch Ness Monster persist? The answer is likely to be a psychological phenomenon called expectant attention. This happens when people who expect or want to see something are more likely to misinterpret visual clues as a thing that they expect or want to see. Mm, sure. So if you're looking and all of a sudden you see bubbles pop to the surface, you're like, that's the monster. There's the right. Loch Ness Monster. That's expectant attention. The Apple Maps photo is an example of this. 
uh, the Apple Maps photo is just kind of obviously a ship. Oh, I thought I thought it looked like a shark from yeah, above. Yeah, it's or kind of obviously something. a ship. And uh, yeah, I can the main see body too. of the ship is vague and hazy, possibly because of image stitching or something like that, but it's there. Other people have posted side-by-side photos of ships traveling in the water, and it makes the same exact pattern off the side. Yeah, it's the wake. Yeah, it's, yeah, making, it's the wake. making the wake off the side, and it's the exact same pattern. So hmm. the Apple Maps photo is a ship. It's yeah. obviously a ship, but people that want to see it as a sea monster see it as a sea monster because it kind of looks like one. I mean, I get where there's mm-hmm. what they're saying. Yeah. The Rhine's full-body photo of the creature... Most people believe that it's actually just a submerged log. And I could see that too. Because totally. they say that like where the chest is, there's like a bump coming off that shouldn't there's like a like a bump or something around where its chest or neck is that they okay. say shouldn't be there and that it makes it look like that's a log under the water. I think that's what most sightings probably are. Yeah. I mean, a log. I, yeah. So I I totally but it looks like a see if you look at that picture, it looks like a sea monster. It's like a giraffe. It looks like a giraffe or a plesiosaur <laughs> underwater. under the water. Totally. It but, does. But it also I can also see where it's, it's just a log, a log <laughs> underneath yeah. the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mental Floss had an article about proposed explanations for Nessie sightings, and one that I thought was interesting is that some of the sightings could possibly be reflections of the mountains along the lock. If you look at uh, waves in the water, the top of the mountains are, you know, like a wavy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at a mountain range, the top... Yeah. And if you're looking, if it's reflecting in the water... With the it sunlight, can look like waves. it's going to look like a wavy yeah. pattern in the water. Right. And they believe that some of the what people are seeing are just reflections of the mountains hmm. in the water, which I totally could understand yeah. that too. Not something I would have thought of. Yeah, but they that had makes a picture sense. of like the mountains that, that line it, and it's like, you know, like a mountain range is uneven like that and mm-hmm. looks like a wavy pattern. And if that's reflecting on the water, I could totally see that. Yeah. Also, like we said at the start of the episode, the lock is on a fault line. Small mm-hmm. micro tremors do happen, and with the shifting ground, bubbles are released to the surface, which could also lead to potential sightings. Mm-hmm. So the bubbles that a lot of people see could be due to small earthquakes. Or just anything yeah, living anything. under the water. <laughs> Subtheory B, mistaken creature identity. And the one that constantly pops up is eels. Mm. Eels? Eels. Oh. The, yeah. E- there's a lot of eels in the lock. That big, though? That's the thing. The DNA test we discussed earlier resulted in a lot of eel DNA. Anyone who has spent time on the lock knows that there are tons of eels there. Is it possible that Nessie was just an abnormally large eel? According to a September 5th, 2019 article in USA Today, quote, Researchers found a large amount of eel DNA, along with other common creatures including humans, dog, etc., Although this data can't determine the size of the eels living in the lock, it's worth noting that the largest known European eel was four feet long and weighed almost 12 pounds. Lead, sci- Not that big. lead scientist Neil Gamel says, quote, That doesn't sound like a monster, does it? But based on the evidence we accumulated, we can't exclude it as a possibility. Elephants were also often named as being mistaken for the creature. It's believed that traveling circuses would sometimes let their elephants swim in the lock to cool off and that their trunks protruding from the water were mistaken for the creature and the elephant's back, you know, you would see the trunk and you would see like a wave where the elephant's trunk and then the back of the elephant. And they believe that back in the 30s that Mm. traveling circuses would let their elephants go in the lock. You think you'd notice an elephant swimming around? Not if you were 
predisposition to think that there's some kind of monster in the lock. See what you want to see. Yeah. Hmm. Also, I see an elephant swimming around. I I love elephants. Also, seals and otters are constantly being called out as being what people are seeing. If we go back to that first photo of the creature, the Hugh Gray photo, Wikipedia says, quote, Gray had taken his Labrador for a walk that day, and it's suspected that the photograph depicts his dog fetching a stick from the lock. Others have suggested that the photograph depicts an otter or swan. That's the very first one that I showed you. That is the gray. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not a very clear photo. No. It almost looks like a boat that's overturned yep. or something. The original negative to that photo was lost. However, in 1963, Maurice Burton came into possession of two lantern slides containing positives from the original negative. And when projected onto a screen, it revealed, quote, an otter rolling at the surface in characteristic otter fashion. Mm. There you go. So that first one could very well be an otter playing on the top of the water. Subtheory B, and this is a big one, is hoax. That's a very long-standing hoax, though. Yeah. And sub-theory for the sub-theory is <laughs> unintentional hoax. And included in that is the Robert Rhines flipper photo. Wikipedia says, quote, According to team member Charles Wyckoff, the photos were retouched to superimpose the flipper. The original enhancement showed a considerably less distinct object. Hmm. No one is sure how the originals were altered. During a meeting with Tony Harmsworth and Adrian Shrine at the Loch Ness Center and Exhibition, Rhines admitted that the flipper photo may indeed have been retouched by a magazine editor. Hmm. So eh. so then that kind of blows because that was a, that's like a good-looking flipper photo. It, it almost looks like an x-ray. Yeah. But if they, if they, you know, like now how we can mess with contrast totally. and mess with stuff. Yeah. They probably did that back then. So what we are looking at is not the original right. photo that they saw of the flipper, hmm. which sucks because we don't know <laughs> how clear the flipper like. was on the actual photo. Hmm. So now we get into actual hoaxes. And the big one for this is the surgeon's photo. The one that everybody associates with associates the one that everybody associates with the monster. A man named Christopher Sperling verified this photograph as a hoax. Sperling was the stepson of a man named Marmaduke Weatherell. Marmaduke? Marmaduke. Come Marmaduke. on. Marmaduke Weatherell, who was a world-renowned big game hunter that had been hired in 1933 by the Daily Mail to find the Loch Ness monster. He finally came back from his hunt with evidence of enormous footprints that had been found going from the shore of the lake into the water. Footprints? Yes. When the evidence was presented, researchers from the Natural History Museum concluded that the tracks had been made with a dried hippopotamus foot, which was apparently being used at the time as umbrella stands. At the time, you were using hippopotamus hippopotamus feet as umbrella stands. As umbrella stands. Poor hippos. So somebody had these. They don't know if Weatherill is the one that went out there and faked these footprints or if somebody else faked them and Mm. then he found them. Okay. When that article ran in the Daily Mail, it was basically ridiculing Weatherill for falling for this these footprints. Weatherill felt like an idiot and retreated from public view. Deciding he wanted revenge on the Daily Mail for making him look dumb, he asked Sperling for his help to create a model of the monster's neck and place it on a toy submarine. So a toy submarine was bought at Woolworths and a head and neck were made from wood putty. The device was taken out to the lock and photographed. A friend of theirs, Robert Kenneth Wilson, was chosen to give the photograph to the media because of his trusted reputation as a doctor and his love of practical jokes. Hmm. So for years, this was the image of the Loch Ness Monster. 
but when you like do searches on this, the photo is always cropped and zoomed in, making the creature size hard to determine and making yeah, it look huge. That's true. If you look at the actual photo, which I think I have as the last photo in there. Oh yeah. You oh, can see a little bit tiny. You can see a little bit of the shore in the background and yeah. where before it looked like some kind of huge creature. Mm. It looks like a toy in the water. Yeah. So everybody cropped this out and cropped the, the shore out in order to make this thing look more like the monster it's supposed to be. Hmm. There have been some discrepancies in this story, which has cast doubt on Sperling's story, but for the most part, this has pretty much been confirmed as a hoax. It actually came up first as a hoax in 1975, but it didn't get a lot of coverage and it was kind of swept under the rug. But a 1999 book about the hoax called Nessie, The Surgeon's Photo Exposed by David S. Martin, really cemented it as a fake. So... It sucks because, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember In Search Of. I remember seeing that photo on In Search Of, and that was always, like, the photo of the creature. But it turns out it's just a toy submarine with a clay head attached to it. And I love that somebody else hoaxed the hoax, the yeah. Anthony Shields photo. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did you know he was I hoaxing the, a I'm hoax? I'm not even going to talk about the Anthony Shields photo. It looks like a handle or something sticking out of the water, like a pot, like a, pa- <laughs> yeah. a pan handle now under the water. Now that you say that. Yeah. Like the little metal hook is the yep, mouth. Yep. Oh, funny. And the other big picture, the McNabb photo, that's the one with the castle. You can see like the humps in the water. Oh, yeah. Researcher Roy Mackle wrote a book about the monster in 1976 and asked McNabb for permission to use his photo. McNabb sent him the original negative, but Mackle noticed that there were a few differences between the negative and the photo that was published everywhere. There was more in the image of the print than there was in the negative, and a tree appeared in the published image that was not there in the negative, so it was pretty obvious that the published photos had been retouched, and it was suspected that the published photograph, instead of being a, you know, photograph, was a photograph of a photograph that had been doctored. Hmm. So it's believed that that one is a hoax, too. So like the two, it just looks like logs anyway. Yeah. I mean, so like I can the two, the two humps. big Nessie photos that people go to have both kind of been dismissed Debunked. as being edited or retouched or just a flat out hoax. Right. So eh, to those, that one's not all that impressive to begin with. But and finally, sub theory C, it just doesn't make logical sense. Assuming it is an animal like a plesiosaur, they were believed to be cold blooded, and since the average temperature of Loch Ness, Loch Ness. And since the average temperature of Loch Ness stays around 5 degrees Celsius, it would be impossible for a creature like that to survive. Plus, unless it had some supernaturally huge long lifespan, you would need a male and a female to keep existing. Right. And they said if you just kept inbreeding, you'd, you'd probably some... die off anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and if the creature <laughs> three-headed monster, and if the creature point. existed and died in the lock, remains should have been found at some point, or its DNA should have been found in the samples taken. Mm-hmm. There's just too much that doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. So finally, before we get to the what do you think, and I really <laughs> love this from the historic UK website. Quote: In 1975, four firemen from Hemel Hampstead decided that the monster must be a male, as all monsters seem to be, so they built a 309-foot-long papier-mâché lady monster to attract Mr. Nessie. It had false eyelashes, full makeup, and gave out a pre-recorded mating call. Unfortunately, that mating call turned out to be that of a male warus, so not unsurprisingly, it didn't tempt (laughs) Nessie. It also didn't help that when the lady monster was set afloat, she got damaged when her backside was flattened by the jetty when a sudden wind blew her sideways. The attempt was soon abandoned. So, poor busted Miss Nessie. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that didn't work. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. So, what do you think? Loch Ness Monster... I don't think it it's a thing. I don't nope. think it exists. No. Nope. Why? 
I just feel like there's no good evidence. Yeah. I don't know. I also don't. I've think never it. I don't, really believed in it. No. I think it's a fun thing to think about, and it is. And it'd be the, cool the, if it did. The but area I, like promotes it because it draws like tourism, like you yeah, wouldn't believe. Totally. So they're not gonna be the ones to say no. This right. doesn't really exist. They, you Imagine know, all the merch they they. Oh, go they through. sell a ton of merchandise. There's a there's a brewery right there that oh, makes really? like a Loch Ness monster beer. Nice. So there's just tons of tourism there. But I, I think it's a fun idea. It is a fun idea. I just don't see enough actual evidence. No, and I don't either. So I, I never have thought that Nessie really existed. I mean, I, I leave a little percent open just because you never know. No. There's always a possibility, yeah. but I, I 98% don't believe it exists. But then you have to, uh, there's all these witness, you know, and, and like we said, are all of them misidentification? That's these the, people that saw, my 2%. These people that saw this thing crossing the road with a sheep in its mouth. You know, did it exist at one point, but it doesn't now? And maybe what that thing was existed, and it just got, pun intended, blown out of proportion over the years into whatever this, you know. I feel like those are two separate things, though. Whatever this thing is crossing the road is not the same size that Nessie is reported to have been. But there are still tons of people that go there to look... You know, I mean, if I were in Scotland, I'd go oh, check yeah. it out. <laughs> like, I, I never really wanted to go there until I started researching this. And it looks like a really cool area. Like, mm-hmm. I would really love to go there, stay at, like, a bed and breakfast. Yeah. You know, so I, uh, we're, we're both going to poo-poo this one. Yeah. going to give it the groan, the Bigfoot groan. Ooh. I, yeah, I don't want to say that I'm poo-pooing it. Just because I don't know. But I lean towards... Okay, <laughs> I do. I do too. I don't. I. But the, it amazes me how every state has its lake monsters. That every state supposedly has. You know, there's, there's Champ. There's Ogopogo. There's all these ones. There's a couple around here that supposedly have creatures living in them. Mm-hmm. And it just. It's kind of like. To me, it's kind of like the creatures that live in forests that people don't generally go into a lot. Like if it's a place that you don't go a lot, it's going to be mysterious mm-hmm. and you're going to have this Lore archetype that it. there's monsters there. Yeah, totally. You know? So I, I don't think that the Loch Ness Monster is a thing. I just really don't. Yeah. So, I, I mostly agree. Yes. I, like I said, I'm always going to reserve that 2% that, well, I don't really know, but... Yeah. That's like I 98% believe Bigfoot is real. <laughs> and 2%, well, I don't really know this for sure. So, yeah. So this is kind it's of flip. We think like 2% chance that Loch Ness Monster exists, but yeah. 98% it doesn't. Yes. I could go with that. I could go with yeah. that. I just I just have a hard time writing everybody off that sees something, especially these people that see something and don't talk about it. Right. So I'm with you on that. I think 2% that it does exist, but 98%, no. Hoaxes, misidentification. Mm-hmm. So cool. What do you guys think? Do you guys think the Loch Ness Monster is a thing? Do you think it's not a thing? Let us know. Mm -hmm. So now we will do a question. Do you want me to read a pickle joke while you're looking? Yeah. It usually takes you a minute to remember how to get in there. Yeah, because I usually forget my password. (laughs) It doesn't just save it. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Oh, my gosh. I'm already groaning. (laughs) Oh, somebody pointed out that we did a repeat that we did one, two episodes back. A pickle joke? Yeah, the pig Jack Pickleson. Oh, we did it twice? I believe so. Wow, you'd think I'd remember that one. Okay, why do pickles go with sandwiches? Why? Because they're social climbers. (laughs) I don't get it. Neither do I. (laughs) Okay, I'll do another one. What's white on the outside and green on the inside? What? A pickle sandwich. That's so dumb. 
I'm going to read all of these and just turn to the next page and then I'll know next time that wherever I am is where I am. Why do pickles have wrinkles? Why? They worry a lot. <laughs> oh, Lord. What's the all-time hit song for pickles? What? You're not going to come up with it. He's just my dill. <laughs> I, I feel like I could write a I feel like we would joke. understand this if we were like in the 70s. Maybe? Maybe? <laughs> Okay, what Hogwarts house? That was like one of the last yep. ones we did. Mm-hmm. Last-ish. This question. What would the world be like if there wasn't any wind, oh. regardless of elevation? <laughs> you want me to answer that? Um, I don't know what to think of that. I don't like that. Miserable. I think it'd be miserable. I don't like that. You wouldn't have waves. You wouldn't have sailboats. Right. It would just be Think dead. of windmills it would just that like, generate like when, power. Yesterday, I was by Aaron's family's house, and we were in the backyard having a beer. Think and we were in this area where it was completely dead, where there was no wind, and we were just complaining about how awful it was. Yeah. It just felt dead and still. That's why I say miserable, just because we're in the thick of summer right now, and I yeah. can't imagine not having a breeze. But also think of how things are pollinated and like yeah. how vegetation and things like that El Nino seed. and all that stuff. I would hate it. I yeah. I like the wind. This is so corny, but I love standing outside and feeling the wind in my hair. Oh, I do too. Not and in I, your hair, but in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sound of the wind yes. in the trees. Yes. Like just from like that perspective. Like the sound of a we windy, like being we in the woods missing, when it's windy. But, oh God, yes. That question kind of like freaks me out because I've never thought of that, and I no. I don't like it. What twisted mind came up with this question? <laughs> I don't. I mean, know. I like it. It would be miserable. It would be miserable. I would hate life. for a variety of reasons. Yes, I think I would the world ha- would be geo- just just from like a what am, what's the word I'm looking for? Geographical. Like a, well, or like a scientific perspective, if you're looking at how plants yeah. thrive and things like yes. that. I, how would birds? I don't know. Anyway, I don't like it. No, I don't like it either. Next called the end of the world would you ever do a podcast episode on the alcatraz escape yeah i would totally do one on the alcatraz yeah because escape. there's a mystery there yeah. for sure yes we will yes and it's I supposed to be that. haunted so we can yes. touch on that too. yeah i will add that to the list next question wow we're cu- plowing through some questions we, we haven't done them in a while no. right okay this question who would you cast to play yourself in strange sessions the movie who would play the villain <sighs> who would play the villain hmm who would you cast for you? I hate saying it because people said that I totally reminded them of the Napoleon Dynamite guy, but not, not as dorky. No, I don't see that at all. Who would I cast for you? That's a hard one. That's what she said. Ooh, That's from watching The Office. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Who would you cast for me? I don't know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> this is hard. I, w- I want to say Olivia Munn when she had, like, long, long dark hair. But she has, like, blue eyes. Uh, but she looks kind of like you. Wow. I think, in my, in my opinion. Like, okay. when she had, when she had <laughs> the mean, long... I mean, I'm taking it, because she's had beautiful. The lo- when she had the long dark hair. Am I thinking of the... No, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Who's Olivia Munn? She dated Aaron Rodgers. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'll take it because she's beautiful. Yeah, she's like part Japanese. I don't think so. Is yes, she? she is. She's part Asian. Japanese? Her mother. I would have picked Winona Ryder for myself. She's quirky like me. 
Although I've never gone through a shoplifting phase in my life. I'm thinking like <laughs> Olivia Munn when she was back on Attack of the Show. That's, I think... Didn't she used to be on... Is that about video games? Yes. Okay. I remember yeah. watching her on whatever... That was just the top was. of my head choice for you as <laughs> Olivia Munn. I'll take Who it. Who did you pick for me? I didn't, I didn't get that far yet. Shoot. This is tough. There's that one chubby guy that's oh, in like a lot of the stoner movies. Chubby guy in the stoner movies. Are you talking about Jonah Hill? Maybe. No. <laughs> but, He's I don't like know. short. I don't know. No, yeah, it have I'm to be short. somebody tall. Who do you think would this play me? This is a really hard question. <laughs> Who would play Kurt? I have a face, but I don't know what his name is. Hold on. He is in a movie that's on Netflix right now called Tao. Netflix. I don't know why this just came to my mind. I've never really thought who you look like famous-wise. Like I said, Olivia Munn was the first one. When I was in junior high, and depending on who you are and where you're from, that's like 7th and 8th grade, Beetlejuice had come out recently. Oh, Gina Davis? No, people used to walk up to me all the time and say, you look like that girl from Beetlejuice, Winona Ryder. Like, people would tell me that all the time when I was that age. Yes. Somebody used to tell me, they th- I, when I was younger, I looked like David Hasselhoff. Don't mess. Don't hassle the Hoff, Don't hassle Kurt. the Hoff. This is not the movie I'm... I honestly oh don't God. know what celebrity I look like. I really don't. I don't think I look like anybody famous. Oh, here we are. Oh, what is his name? Uh, just give me that. Sorry. You got kind of whiny there. I did. Name. Uh. <laughs> no, you got to watch Parks and Rec. <laughs> That's on my list after The Office. Tom, his name is Ed Screen. You're going to love this, but he often has glasses on. I want to find a picture of him with glasses. Oh, I could kind of, I could kind of see that. Yeah. I think he's tall. He's way more handsome than I am. Well, Olivia Munn is like, (laughs) yeah, see? Okay, I could to- I'll totally take that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. We're both much more attractive in our movie <laughs> Yes. Oh, so who would play the villain? All I can think of is the cigarette-smoking man from the X-Files, because our villain would be like a, govern- uh, a government... Trying to shut us down. Trying to shut us down. Obviously. And all I can think of is the cigarette-smoking man from the X-Files, like the bad guy in the X-Files. Okay. That's all I can think of is like some kind of government, or like the guy who from... Who would be good at The guy from, with the sunglasses from... Uh, Matrix. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. a government-looking type. Didn't he play Elrond in the Lord of the Rings? He was like, the yeah, I think king so. Of the elves. But that's who I see as the villain in the Strange Sessions movie. Is I like him. What is his name? The actor. We'll never come up with this. I could look it up, but I don't know either. Yeah. Oh, it's just at the top. It's at the tip of my tongue. He'd be a great villain in our movie. He would be. Are we in a race right now? No. Good, because Agent I'm Smith win. is the guy that I'm thinking of. Okay, I found him. Hugo Weaving. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Hugo Weaving. Okay, Hugo Weaving would be our villain. He would, but he's he'd perfect. have the sunglasses and suit on mm-hmm. like a government baddie. And just always have this really Try to serious silence us. look on his face. Yep, he'd be you like can't s- silence us. sitting outside our house, leaning against his car with a cigarette, making sure that we see him watching us. Actually, it would be totally out of our routine. We'd be like, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. So he would silence us but immediately. That, that is the Strange Sessions movie. Olivia Cummins. Munn. Ed Screen and Hugo Weaving. <laughs> Coming soon to a theater near you. Good question. Good question. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, and that's it. Song. Oh, what's your song? My song. 
okay, it's very rare that I'm going to pick a cover because I generally don't like covers. I, I always think they're a cheap ripoff of the original. Covers. One of my favorite songs is a cover, but we'll get to that at a different time. So this cover, and I think pretty much anyone would agree with me, is way better than the original. But it's Joe Cocker's version of With a Little Help from My Friends. That is not better than the Beatles. What? No. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe you disagree with no, me on this. I like the Beatles. That's... Sgt. Pepper is one of my favorite albums. But and I, Joe I, Cocker's version, his version is, is really good. so soulful and But they like are two different. They're so oh, different yeah. that they're different versions. But I prefer the Beatles to Joe Cocker's. Wow. We disagree. Yeah, we disagree. I love the Joe Cocker version. And I, if I, you grew up on, on the Wonder Years, it also has this nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. I've never watched throwback. the Wonder Years. What? No, I've never watched it. I know. Chris is in shock. I'm learning so many things about you right now. <laughs> this podcast is it's done. It's so good. You have to watch The Wonder Years. I've never seen it. It is so good. You have to watch it. Yeah. But I don't wow. hate the Joe Cocker version, but I cannot say that it's better than the mm. Beatles version. I, I just can't. I do hands I would down. Be, I would be doing a great disservice. Isn't it Ringo who sings that? Yeah. Why'd you sneer at Ringo? He's my least favorite Beatle. <laughs> I think he's everybody's least favorite Beatle, but still. <laughs> uh, my pick, and I could not think of one, and it just popped in my head on the way here because I heard it, is, and it, it comes from a specific video. And my pick is the song Listomania by Phoenix. Again, you would something to- I've yeah, never if you, heard you know, of. If you heard this song, you would totally know it. I would know, know it. it. I'm going to play it right now just okay. so I'll have to edit it out of the podcast yeah. so that I don't get sued. <laughs> okay, Krista has not heard the song. We are not It was on the radio today. years ago. Okay. I like Phoenix. Phoenix is one of those bands that you wouldn't think that I would like, but I really like hmm. them. Uh, the first time I ever heard them was the movie Lost in Translation. They had a song in there called Too Young, and I love that song. But my choice is the song Listomania by Phoenix, and it comes specifically about 10 years ago. It was like a thing, a minor thing, and I don't know where this came from. A group of college students in Brooklyn did this thing where they went out and filmed themselves to this song dancing, but dancing like the students in the movie The Breakfast Club mm-hmm. from the 80s, where they, they do this very... Mm-hmm identifiable like 80s yeah dance i can see molly ringwald yes. doing it right yes. now. yes so they released this video of them called they called it the brat pack mashup where they're dancing to this song brooklyn college students and then it, it does be- have an 80s yeah. feel to yeah and then it. it became huge where colleges all around the world people were going out and doing this like oh, university of moscow has a video out really? where they're out dancing breakfast club 80s style to this song and I stumbled across, I don't know how I stumbled across it, but college kids in San Francisco did this. And that video is one of my all-time favorite, it's like my happy place video. Like, mm-hmm. I watch the video a lot. And it's just such a, it's a group of friends just out having fun. Yeah. And there's something about the video that I absolutely love, that video. Are you going to post that? Yes, okay. I'm going to post that video. It's just these college kids dancing around to this song. And... I don't know why I love the video so much, but I do. It's it's the reason that I'm obsessed with seeing San Francisco. Like, I really want to see San mm. Francisco. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just these, it was a Brat Pack mashup from the college kids in San Francisco. I mean, there's, like I said, there's one, I saw, I saw France where college students in France were doing this. And it was a thing for a little while where people were going out and doing this. 
So that's I will, really cool. It is really cool. But there's something about the San Francisco. Like I said, that's my happy place video. Like if I'm bummed, I watch that video and it just makes me Lister happy. Because it's yeah. just a happy video. Mm-hmm. And people have being happy. That, and I love that song because of that video. Hmm. So I will post that in the strangers group when we release this episode. Cool. So there you go. Yours um, is almost always a song I've never heard before. <laughs> Yours I generally have heard. You yeah. pick a lot of like classic rock mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Or like weird jam bands. <laughs> I haven't done a fish song yet. You haven't done so. a fish song yet. So yeah, Listomania and Joe Cockers with a little help from my friends, Sweet. which isn't as good as the Beatles, but it is oh, very good. Way better than the Beatles. <laughs> so our deets, you can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session without the S. Krista does a smack dab bang up job on Instagram <laughs> at the Strange Sessions. I love that there's so many people that interact with us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can send postcards and snail mail and test, taste, taste, test items. Which we may or may not do during the episode. <laughs> we'll forget about and find it in the closet <laughs> some year from now. Uh, at the Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. Uh, our phone number, nobody has called for a while. It's lonely and call it so it doesn't call me and have this weird hiss or like a weird crackling sound at 920-443-9602. I'll probably have night terrors about that tonight now. So yeah. And uh, also thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone for the stuff you sent. Yeah, that's Uh, crazy. I was just like shaking my little owl and watching the googly eyes. Saw Mindy. Yeah, I've, I Stephanie. don't blame them for not being on Facebook, but I wish they were. <laughs> the I know, strangers. right, yeah. Uh, Stephanie and Coleman, thank you so much. Yeah. Stephanie, my God, thank you for all the missing 411 books. I was not going to lie. I was stressed that people kind of need us to do a lot of, so many people find us through the yep. missing 411 That's stuff. That's the number one reason that people find and us. And I was desperately afraid that we were running out of things. And now I have the I nine books. <laughs> I have the nine book series. We have the map, which floors me. Yeah. I never, there years ago, I toyed with the idea of buying the whole series, but with the money situation and all that. So Stephanie, I love you. Thank you. And from the old school media studio, until next time, stay Stay strange. strange. This has been an old school media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.